Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. When you, when you listen to these newscasts, and you see the, you see the seriousness of what's happening, uh, it really uh, is important that we as people don't get, uh, what I would say, cold in the area of news reports and just say, well, that's in Barcelona, uh, these things are happening. Because there is uh, a lot of hurt going on in the world, in America also. And I think it's incumbent that we pray as a church. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but as a, in reality, we as a church are the only hope of the world, which is lifting up Jesus Christ. And so I would like to pause this morning and just pray uh, for our world and our country and uh, realize that I think with all my heart, God is hearing that. And then I want to teach on Moses is dead. I thought that went together, don't you? Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for America. Lord, I... I can't tell you how much I appreciate this country. I do believe that we were a country that, yes, you wanted to be here. And I do think we're still a light, even though there's lots of darkness in America. And Lord, I take this moment to pray for this country and the division and the hurt and the strife and the pain that's going on. And please, Lord, help me not to be a part that a person or a part of creating more division, pain, and suffering. Let me be a hope, a love that reaches out and helps people to unite and care. Lord, I do pray for my president. I do pray that you will guide and direct him. I do pray that you will touch our government. I do pray that you will touch the pastors of this United States of America. And you will have us as leaders to call out to your people to lift up this country, this world in prayer that your will will come. Your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Lord, we pray that you'll guide today. You know, each Sunday, Lord, is so important as we go through so quickly the week. And here we are again in this Sunday morning. We're gathered together once again out of the busyness of life. Lord, let your spirit come. Guide the message, give us insight, and we'll give you the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm headed towards towards, uh, Deuteronomy 34.9, where it talks about uh, Moses is dead and Joshua is taking over the leadership of uh, the Jewish people. We have about two million people that's getting ready to go into Canaan's land. You know, when you think about the Israelites, and you think about the world, there's been a lot of failures in the Christian world. 
Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, Adam and Eve didn't make it very long. And then Noah had to, I mean, when you think about it, there's been a lot of failures. But I'm so glad that I serve a God that is already always ready to move on and do it again with us. He loves to take risk, I believe, with us, his people. And so let me start with um, this, this concept, Moses is dead. And when I, when I mention that word, I would like for you to just in your mind, what do you think of when you think Moses is dead? I, I don't know what you might think of. You might think of the uh, a Caribbean movie of, you know, of the, the dead that came back and attacked uh, them. I don't know. Maybe you've seen that one. I don't, maybe you think of zombies. You know, I don't know what you've been watching lately. Uh, but what do you think about that one? Moses is dead. Maybe the death of a loved one that's happened in your life that's affected you. What do you think? Okay, I'll just start right over here. What do y'all think? Moses is dead. Huh? Zombies dead? Oh, zombies. You think it's zombies. Okay, we better move to the center here. When you think of Moses is dead. What? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Huh. Okay. The leader is gone. The, the big leader is gone. The, the major. Okay. The le- yes. Oh, you know your Bible though. See, they're not. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you're really right, because when I think of Moses is dead, I think of replacement. What, a sho- what shoes they have got to fill uh, following Moses. Uh, Moses is dead, and uh, there needs to be replacement ready to go immediately to keep accomplishing the job that's at hand. Let me start in a, another verse in the Bible. In Hebrews 2.11, both the one who makes people holy... And those who are made holy are the same family. Now, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. John 2.11. I mean, Hebrews 2.11, sorry. Both the one who makes people holy, who is that? Jesus Christ, of course, God, Holy Spirit, makes people holy, who are made holy, are of the same, and those who are made holy are the same family. I love to think that God has brought me into the family of God. I'm not a stranger out here. I'm part of a family. I'm part of God's family. I'm important. So Jesus is not ashamed to call me his brother. What about you? Listen, if if you don't realize who you are in Christ, you can never be what you need to be in Christ. Because you've got to know who you are. I'm a brother with Jesus Christ. That behooves me to do certain things, to, to, to believe in myself and believe in others. And I love to start with that. Jesus is not ashamed. He loves to call me brother. See, leadership, I believe with all of my heart, what I'm going to say here in this message, I believe leadership starts in heaven. And then it comes down. Sometimes, I mean, it always usually starts with one. Not two, but one. For instance, there was the fall that happened. And, uh, well, this was after Noah. You know, Noah was a, a second chance for the human race. He blew it. Totally blew it. 
I mean, somebody blew it. It got pretty bad. Then you have uh, Babylon and the disbursement of the people. That was actually, then that was like, okay, we, <laughs> this, this project didn't work, and so we're going to start again. And guess what he did then? After he dispersed all of those people, he took a man out of the midst of those called Abraham. And Abraham became the next leader. One man called by God, and he is going to now become what? A people that are so plenteous that the stars of the heaven would be their number almost. Uh, I don't know. You realize he had a son, though, named Isaac. And then he had a son. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Now, notice that the generations are going on one one, one. God has not come to a place by the time he gets to Jacob that he's actually going to trust more than one man at this point. He is trying to find one man that will stay true over the years and the generations. And then finally, he starts with Jacob's sons, the patriarchs. And then we have the tribes of Israel. But I, I don't know if you realize it, but actually that failed and they ended up down in Egypt. You see how it constantly starts with one and then it becomes larger and then we turn away from God again. And God has to kind of come back and say, well, okay, I'll see if I can get one more guy that'll hang in here and let's get another group going. And that was Moses. Now Moses was another opportunity. He brought them out of Egypt and they saw all the power of God. One person, God always usually starts up here comes down, touches a heart, touches a life, and then helps him spread the gospel. That was the 12 apostles going out from Jesus. But Moses, the people failed again. Guess what he did? He said, guys, you're going to die in the wilderness. You will not go into Canaan. Another project failed. Isn't it amazing how we keep turning away from the belief and in, in the in the serving of God. Well, that's where it came to at this point. And then Moses, he messed up. He was, you know, he's classified as a Messiah because he brought him out of Egypt. But he couldn't get him into Canaan. He goes along and then what does he do? He blows it. God said, speak to the rock. And he thought he knew better and he beat on the rock. <laughs> Have you ever done that? God said, go talk to them, and you go and hit them. I mean, you know what I mean? You, do, you don't deal with it right. You should have. Moses was a human. He failed, fell short. He was a great guy. And at this point, we're realizing God is getting ready to do something bigger. So let me just stop for a moment there before I go totally into the, the whole teaching here. Did you know God is calling all of us as individuals to what I would call is the highest pleasure upon the earth and all eternity. He is calling you and me to the highest pleasure of life. Actually, that is a teaching that has been brought down to us that we should seek for the highest pleasure of life and eternity. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In Psalms 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight. 
Rejoice in Psalms 32. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. God is actually calling you and me to seek the highest pleasure there is on earth. And yet that is only found in one place. Where? Jesus Christ in God. So if you seek it in any other place, you won't find the highest pleasure. And that's why we have to live in as kind of schizophrenic people. I don't know if I said that right. That's a big word for me. But anyway, we kind of have to live in that level. You realize it? Now, I like the way John Piper says. He says it's sacred schizophrenia. You know, it's sacred. Why is it sacred? Well, listen to Mark. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. See, we live as Christians battling with actually two people. Deny yourself. Then he says, and take up your cross, this person. Take up your cross and follow me, which is a a symbol of suffering. But now we're seeking the highest good, highest pleasure. For whoever wants to save his life, both of these people want to save their life, but he says, here's how you do it. You must lose this person. See, what he's saying here, we live in this dualism, you might say, as people, but you must constantly say to yourself, no, that's not the highest pleasure. No, I will not go with you. Shut up. That's okay to say that right there. You can't say it to your kids. Never say that to your kids. Be quiet to your kids. Yeah. After you slap them. No, I mean, don't, don't do that. Okay. But the, the truth of it is, this is yourself. This is you. This is really you. But he says, no, you must, if you want the highest pleasure, deny this self. And you say, no, I will not go with you. Shut up. You will not guide my life. You will not tell me how to live. You will not tell me what I want. I will decide what I want. I will decide what's best. And it says whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will get it. But we live until you die, see, you will keep experiencing this. The only thing that's going to solve this major problem is death. Good luck, okay? So let's start on it now. See, the scripture says he was faithful to the one who appointed him. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him. He denied this self. They said, is there any other way to do this? Father, your will be done. See, he had to live this dualism, and he didn't give in to it never once. He lived it for us. And Jesus found greater honor than Moses because he lived this life and didn't give in. Moses gave in. He did not live this life. And today, I'm wanting you to realize that you might say, you as individuals are very important to God. Because the the next concept that I'm going to share with you is, is simply found in the fact that God loves to work in a team. He's a team God. He loves to work with a team. He loves to work with people. For instance, Everything he ever does, he's trying to bring a team together. He doesn't just want a man. He he wants people. He will use a man to get people, but he wants people. If we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we 
glory, we can be a part of this team that he's building called the church of Jesus Christ on this earth. Moses was a faithful servant in all God's house. He was a great guy. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. So what we're talking about today is Moses did a great job, but we've got Jesus with us, which is doing a greater job in building his kingdom So we should be more excited about denying this person, getting the greater good to live that life with him. Now Joshua, son of Nun. We're getting to that scripture I told you I'd get to in the beginning. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him so that the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded him. What made the difference here in one man's life? He was filled with the spirit of wisdom. How did he get the spirit of wisdom? It says there, because Moses had laid his hands on him so that the Israelites then saw this and they listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. God starts with a man. And then he passes it on. And he passes it on. I believe with all of my heart, you are part of that call of God. And he wants you to touch someone else's life. Here, it was a a big ordeal getting ready to happen. And I I don't know if you realize it, but we're in the midst of this transition. Now, I don't pretend to even be Moses. I'm getting old like Moses. There's some similarities of Moses. I have struck some rocks instead of speaking to them at times. There's a lot of similarities there, but that's about as far as it goes. Moses was an incredible guy. Matter of fact, it says, since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Not a bad bad history there, huh? Who did all those signs and wonders the Lord had sent him to do in Egypt. He was an incredible guy. He did a great job. But it doesn't matter how good a job you do, guess what? Moses' time was coming to an end. God is always ready to move on and do greater things. He is never limited. He's always ready to go on. And we want to be a part of that, don't we? Don't we want to be a part of where God's going, not where he's been? I mean, we can enjoy what he's done. We can say, thank you for Moses. You can even say, I'm glad uh, that this church was started here in Brenham. I wonder all the time why God picked me to start this church in Brenham. I thought you, you could have picked a lot better people, a lot better person. You, you, could, have, you could have picked, I, I know two or three people I've met that would have started. But some reason God chose me to start this. Now, why did he choose you to live in Wheeler, uh, Brenham? Uh, yeah, here, I, that's my hometown. See, see i got to make a change here pretty quick because my mind is moving on. And anyway, the truth of it is, why did he pick you to be here in this church and in this town and you say well you picked it well I think that's true but your heart was open to God wasn't it when you crying out God help me to go to the right place and meet the right people and be in the right church we pray about these things and and God I think hears those prayers this was a great guy but being a great God didn't mean guy meant that he was to be the one to be there forever and so the Lord said to Moses this is in Deuteronomy 31 I think I've heard this before he said uh, 
verse 14, he says, now the day of your death is near. <laughs> uh, you know, I hope this transition doesn't have to go that direction. I, I'm kind of hoping that God doesn't get me out of the way by killing me. I've always thought if you chose to get out of the way, you wouldn't have to go through the death part. You know, if you just... If you choose to not get in front of the car, you don't have to go that way. You can, you, if, if you choose to let God lead, and, and God, I, I, I think you're wanting to make a change. Now, with all my heart, with all my heart, God is wanting to make a change. He's wanting to move on. There is no doubt in my mind on that. And I so want to be a part of what he's wanting to do, not fighting it from this side. I believe with all my heart, God has given me some most, most precious times in this church. Now, this is not something means means I'm leaving. It means I have so much that I have enjoyed and have been given to me in this church and looking forward to be a part of that in the future. But God is wanting to do more in this church. And that's why he took a man as great as Moses and said, Moses, I want you to know we're getting close. I want you to meet me at the tent of meetings. Now, everybody knew what the tent of meetings was. That's when... Final decisions are made. And he met over there with Joshua. And I think the Spirit of God, it came as a cloud or what. I don't know how we're go- we always hear God, but I, I know he sh- God showed up at the tent of meeting and he, I think, you know, told Moses, Moses, it's just going to be two or three days and bye-bye. Joshua's coming in. Present yourself at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. That's what it says. Joshua 1, 1 through 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. You know, I would sure like to go down as a servant of the Lord. I would sure like, to, I, I, I would like, to, if they say anything at my funeral, which I think I'm going to preach my sermon and have it recorded and have it ready. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to say, the servant of the Lord. I hope, I hope that's an agreeable statement. See what I mean? I, I want to be known as a servant of the Lord. See, I'm, I'm very proud about how humble I am in that situation. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses is eight. Here's what God said to him. Moses, I, I guess maybe Joshua was a little slow at times. I don't know. He said, Moses... My servant is dead. You know what? I, I think Joshua was trying to live in memory of when Moses was leading. I think Joshua was still not fully accepting his responsibility in what had to happen. I think, I, I think somehow he wasn't quite there. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. That's a very final statement, isn't it? I guess he didn't see him take off up the mountain. I, I guess he didn't see the, the chariot or whatever took him off. I, I don't know. Uh, it says he buried him, and, and never, nobody's ever found Moses' grave. Uh, so, so we're not sure where, they, where he's at, but we know he's in heaven. Joshua maybe needed to see the burial or something. I think sometimes we live in somewhat of a denial of what God wants to do. What God can do. And what God is not limited in any facet. 
He says, Moses is dead, Joshua. No matter how you feel about yourself, no matter where you are in your emotional trauma of your life, no matter what's going on this morning with you, Joshua, I just want you to know, Joshua, that Moses is dead. Now, that's when God begins to say, we're moving on. Now you and all of those people, we're moving into a plural situation now. We're moving, Joshua instantly begins to see that he is not just leading himself, but he is leading a people like Moses was. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. He wasn't giving this land to Joshua. He was giving it to his people. I'm giving it to them. The future of this church is not in Joel. The future of this church is in you. God is giving you a future. God is preparing things for you. You in this church. He wants you to change and touch people's lives. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to move forward in your spiritual lives. That's why he keeps giving you leaders to say, yes, you can do it. You can go on. You can be. So he says, I want you to know, I want you right now to get ready. Get ready to move across the Jordan River. I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. See, this is what we call a team player. And I've had it every one of my transition sermons. I've had my football and I left it at home. I was so sad when I saw I'd left it at home. I went out and looked at the car again during the worship, trying to find that football. You say, why is it so important? Because football's starting. And most of you need to know that football is no fun if you just have your football. Have you ever played just with your football? Pass it to me. No, no, I just want to hold on to my football. Pretend it, you know, I've got one here. I don't know if you know it, but football is no fun just by yourself. You can kick it, but then you have to chase it. You can pass it, then you have to go get it. It's a lot more fun when you have a friend. You pass, catch, pass, catch. Then you get a whole team together. Well, that's not much, not much fun if, you don't have, if you're not playing with them, and then if you don't have another team that you're playing against. Competition. Well, you already got that other team. You know that, don't you? Satan is definitely the competition. But see how much more fun it is when we play as a team? Now, Joshua is just heard. He says, you're going into Canaan, but you, I'm giving it to these people. Just tell them they can go now. Moses is dead. You're the leader. Let's go into Canaan. Let's go to do what God's got for us. And guess what? They're going to have to play together. And some of them had wanted to stay on this side of the Jordan. And he let them. But he said, first of all, you've got to go help us take the land then you can come back to your, your wives and children. So that they didn't all stay in Canaan, but they had to all go take Canaan together. So God may have different plans for a lot of us, but we all got to move forward in this transition. God's giving us a new vision, a new plan. He's, he's enlarging our footprint. So, you know, Joshua and Moses would kind of, I think, um, make a small footprint. And I want to show you a bigger footprint in the, in the uh, other area. Uh, I, I believe sometimes we need books that say more like how to make a leader, not how to be a leader. 
See, I think congregations many times think of, we want a leader, when in reality, we need to start thinking about, how could I help our leader be the best leader? Did you know it's people that made me a pastor? It's people that confronted me, talked to me, shared with me, gave me advice, loved me, hugged me, kicked me, all of those things, and it changed my life. Because why? As they stood, I wanted to be a better leader. I wanted to be. They loved me. And you've loved me. I want to be a better leader. And I see other leadership things coming into my life. See, transitions change, huge change take place in people's lives in transition. Jesus is a team leader. God wants us to be a team leader. But I believe with all of my heart, he wants us to look forward to the changes that happen. I I don't know about you, but have you... um, um, I, I just wrote some thoughts down here about this. I don't know what has happened in your life, but things have happened in my life that's caused me to be different. Uh, it, it's amazing just how you can just move to another city and how much change that causes in your life. See, I believe with all of my heart that God, through changes that happen, can do bigger things in our life or better things or more things or different things. It, it should not be a negative thought. It should be a positive thought. And, and I, I believe today, if I could say anything to you, I would go back to this scripture that we have in Joshua, and I would say to you, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will, I, I will give you every place where you set Uh, set your foot as I promised Moses. And if Joshua had went in by himself, it would have been a disaster, wouldn't it? But when, when all of us move forward, we have a huge footprint. We affect the city. When all of us move forward, We're touching so many lives. This next week, just think of the people you're going to be in touch with and you're going to talk to and and you're going to go to HEB and spend an extra hour just talking to people. And then you go to Walmart and there's the rest of your day. You know why? Because your footprint is touching people's lives. We, We affect the city of Brenham. And that's a wonderful thing. And see, that's why God wants the whole church. He, wants, he doesn't want a few of us to go forward. He wants all of us to go forward. He wants us to leave a huge footprint in this city, not a small one. That's why we must work together as we move forward. That's why we must have a heart that follows the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited that God called me to be a part of this. And then he put a team together here in Brenham that we could work together. And then he, he, he begins to say to us and all of us that, yes, this team is going to go through a transition that's going to give all of us opportunity to be better than we are now. I'm go- I, I have some ideas I want to do better. I've always felt so so bad about how poorly I have related and contacted and been in touch with the pastors of this city. And I've always blamed it basically on time. But I really hope I will follow through 
with that idea that I think the Holy Spirit has placed in my heart to get with pastors because I know two or three pastors that are really suffering right now. And you know, it's only a pastor that would understand another pastor fully. So I want to do better at being a pastor of pastors or being a friend of pastors or maybe working in that area. I want to leave a bigger footprint among the pastors of this city. And when I leave, I don't just want to be known as a servant of Vineyard. I want to be known as a servant of the pastors of Brenham. I would love that to always be there. So, you know, as I end this morning with a lot of different emotions in my mind and heart, I, I just want to mention this. What change in, is happening or has happened in your life and how are you letting that affect you? Maybe the loss of a loved one. I don't know. how, how That can really affect you. It, I've seen people literally get saved. I've seen people get so mad and so angry at God, they went the other direction. Why did you let that happen? Why did you take my mother with cancer? Why did that happen? And they've gotten just broken. Mad, angry. On the other side, I've seen that break our lives. Jay back there could, could have gone the other, totally other way. For what Why, God, did you let this happen? But instead of that, Jay has done what? He has become a follower of Jesus Christ. And probably if, it, if he wasn't in that chair today, he wouldn't have made it to heaven. But God has used that time. I mean, we don't want to go through that, but yet that, that's the ultimate, isn't it? Going to heaven? Yes, that's the ultimate. And taking people with us. So I just say to you, what are you doing with change in your life? What are you doing with it? You lose a job, how does that affect you? You get angry, or does it cause you to cry out to God and get closer to God? Divorce is, is a serious event. And yet in divorce, you could grow. You could say, God, man, I want to look at my life. Was it me that caused it? Was, was it them that caused it? Lord, let me look at my life again and help me not to get bitter over this or get bitter at someone, but help me to work through this. See, change is always happening, isn't it? It's always happening somewhere, somehow in our life. What about the loss of a job? I'll tell you, I remember when I first moved to Brenham, I remember some time when Diane and I sat down on the sofa and held hands and said, God, it's bad. If you don't come through, Lord, I don't know. We're just telling you, man, we're going to starve to death down here. Uh, we moved up here thinking you said move up here and start a church, and you're not doing your part. I mean, God, you didn't call me to starve, I don't think. And you think, oh, you weren't starving. Well, it, it, it seems starving to me. It seems serious to me. And I have seen more than once get up off that sofa, and with a short period of call, we come in. And a job would happen, and then I would, wouldn't pray anymore. <laughs> Listen, when things happen in your life and changes, I mean, in the new year, sometimes we make resolutions and don't keep them. But maybe we ought to start thinking about, Lord, as these changes happen in my life, as I move, as I, as I go through some sickness, or as a job change, as all these things happening, how am I dealing with those things in my life? Because how you deal with change in your life has a lot to do with your happiness, your success, your future, and everything about you. If you let it affect you in a negative way, then, then Satan wins. If you let it affect you in a positive way, let God in part of that, then it affects you in a good way. You know, the Israelites could have been very, you know, these 
Moses could have said, I, I'm, I'm not giving up these people. I'm taking them into Canaan. <laughs> that's dangerous, I'll just tell you. That's, that's dangerous when you've heard God. But you know, we all many times say, no, I, I don't have to do that. I'm going to go my way. I'll tell you, we need to get ready for change. And we need to let God use those things to soften our life and help us to listen to the voice of God. I, I, I have in, in my, my notes here, it says, get ready to be a part of. And I got a question mark. Be a part of what? Be a part of helping God, in, being a part of what God is wanting to do in your life. Whatever that change may be. I was, I was praying for Terry this week that sent a, a t- about the job and how they were cutting back some hours. I, I, I pray, oh God, help Terry to deal with this with a, a spirit that would help her see God in this. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a good thing when those things are happening. I, I was praying for Janice when she said she couldn't come in and, and the book, and I was saying, God, help her that she's not going to be, I know she's proud of what God's doing through, with her through that book, and she would like to have been here, and I'm saying, God, help her, just bless her today as she stays at home as we talk about her book. I thought about Don, he's sick over there, and he's going to have you know, a new vow put in um, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, sometime real soon. And, and I thought, how is Don letting that affect? And it's so neat to read on, on Facebook how they're treating it like a Caribbean cruise and, and trying to just enjoy the, their room service. <laughs> you see what I mean? He, he used it for something. He, he couldn't change the situation, but he could change his attitude about the situation. And it makes it so much better. God is that way in our life. School is getting ready to happen, and the parents are excited uh, about kids going back to school. Yes! I'm sorry, homeschoolers, they're going to be right there. God bless you all in homeschooling. You know, I'm so excited about what God's doing in my life. I really am. This week with my grandkids, I, I don't want to use up the last time just talking like this, but, you know, I had my daughter and my, my son-in-law with us, and Oh, we had so much fun together, and, and uh, you know, we talked about a lot of things. You know, I thought, I've got so many good people around me, even my own family, that's there to support and encourage and even challenge me. And a lot of good things came out of that. And see, I see incredible things in Brenham, in my future, and I want to be a part of that. Maybe in a little different way, but a part of that. So I want you to pray for me. And I want to lay my hand on Joel and Danelle as many times as I can because my, what comes from me, I think it comes in small spurts, you know? So I'm, I want to pray for them many times, and I want to bless them many times, and I want to speak so well of them, and I, I want to just, and if I can encourage them or challenge them, and I love it, they're back there with the kids right now while we're out here. Huh? You're, you're excited too. But that's a good spirit, isn't it? That's a great spirit. They want to be a part of that. And, you know, if you've ever been back there, that's, that's a challenge. It's a scary challenge if you don't prepare. Would you, uh, would you look at your life as I close? As you stand with me in prayer. I don't know how many of our ministry teams are still here. I, I think some may be already headed towards the eclipse. 
Y'all know that probably the world will end tomorrow. I hope that you're ready. You still got today. There's been a lot of ballot out there, hadn't there? A lot of conspiracy, I guess you could say, th- a lot of theories. Well, tomorrow we'll find out. Tomorrow we'll find out. Did you know there's going to be another one just like it seven years from now? That's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? I love it when God sometimes does things that causes us all to say, wow, I love it. Dear Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would fall on every person here right now. That you, the Holy Spirit, that you had the disciples to wait in the upper room and receive this power that you sent to this earth called your Holy Spirit. You in us now. You not with Moses at the tent of meeting, but you in us, all of us, filling us, empowering us, guiding us, directing us. And Lord, right now there may be people that need to pray about changes that's going on in their life. There's fear, there's worry, there's doubt, there's, there's just confusion, and they don't know for sure what to do. And Lord, I just pray they realize that God cares about that individual, them, personally, that he wants to work with them. But they need this bigger team. And if you're here this morning and you're dealing with things, you need a team to pray with you. You need a a ministry team to pray with you. You may even need to get one of these groups to get trained to minister more and do it better. Lord, right now, let the group minister to one another and pray for one another. Because, Lord, you're wanting to do mighty things in the name of Jesus. Now, if you need prayer, I, I hope you'll, you'll slip out. I don't know. I, I'd almost like to end by, by just asking you. You don't, you don't have to get prayer. You don't have to let people pray for you. I, I'm just all across as, as we're just standing here. How many of you are going through change right now? There's just change. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Anybody? Yes. Okay. Yes. Three or four over there. Yes. Okay. Lord, these people that I, I don't know what they're going through right now, but I, I hope as a body, we, some of us can be a part of helping them. Right now, Lord, he, touch them right now. Just come, Holy Spirit. I know, Lord, I, my hand, both hands will go up and say, yes, I'm in the middle of tremendous change in my life right now. But I want to get closer to my wife during this time. I want to get closer to my family. I want to get closer to the people of God. Lord, go with us. Right now, just touch those hands. that They're saying, help me, guide me, direct me. Now, if you need prayer, our ministry team, some of us will be down here. We'll pray with you. If you if, and of course, you're dismissed. God bless you as you go. We just give you the blessings of the Lord upon you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Go in peace and let him be with you in everything you do this week, okay? Everything you do.